Welcome. Thanks for joining us today on The Venture Podcast. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you along your journey. In Acts 1-8, Jesus declared, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. This commission to his church is active today. Together, we have been unleashed to spread the gospel. By unleashed, we mean unrestrained to be who we were created to be, his witnesses, from our neighborhoods to the nations. Every single one of us wants to make a difference in the world. In Christ, we can. Over the next several weeks, we want you to get in the game. First, by praying strategically for ways to reach your neighbors, coworkers, and friends. Second, by opening your life to a new way God might be calling you to missionally reach the world for Him. Third, by making a faith promise pledge over and above your regular giving because you want to be a part of what God is doing. It's called Faith Promise because we take a step of faith and say, God, I trust you to provide the resources to fund outreach to the ends of the earth, and I promise to give what you provide. God leads each of us differently, but he has called us all to be a part. At Venture, we are strategically and tangibly impacting five key regions around the world. In 2020, through your generosity and partnership, over 250,000 people came to faith in Christ. Through our ministry partners and their networks, over 15,000 new churches were established and over 24,000 leaders were trained. All of this in the midst of a global pandemic. Together, we raised millions of dollars which were used to impact the nations with the love of Christ. God is on the move and we have so much to celebrate and thank Him for as a church. This coming year, we invite you to join us as we look to Him to unleash His church in even greater ways. Well, Venture, as you heard, this weekend we're focusing on Venture Unleashed from our neighborhood to the nations all around the world. You know, the last few weeks, we've been looking at how to build a resilient faith, and we're gonna continue that series. Those five practices that when they're established in a life, a person, especially a young person, has the kind of resilient faith that lasts over a lifetime. You know, one of those key practices is that you have a missional mindset, that really counterculturally, you wanna go on mission and be a part of what God's doing to change this world to look more like the kingdom of God. That practice matches one of our passions as a church. As a church, we are missional, we are outward focused, and that's why we take some weeks every year and we focused on the way that God is unleashing our church. In this time, we'll call you to do a few things. One, we're gonna walk you through five of the regions where we have particular impact and partnership. And so today you'll hear from two of those regions, the work that's going on in Mexico and also the work that's going on in the Middle East. And so as you hear, as you hear the stories, as you hear the message, a little bit later, Ferris Abraham from the Middle East is gonna bring our message today. You're also gonna hear a great interview that I do with Israel Juarez, one of our partners in Mexico. When you hear these interviews and these messages, don't just hear it as information of what God's doing out there. Really ask, ask yourself, God, are you wanting me to get involved? Or could I do what they're doing in my neighborhood? 
with, with my coworkers, with my friends. See, all of this is about how all of us go on mission. Uh, throughout this whole series as well, we call everybody to take a faith promise. That's part of the pledge that goes along with this. And so you'll have materials and a card. And every year we ask everyone during this time to pray. What is God asking you to pledge over and above your normal giving? And I'm always amazed at the generosity of venture. As we see a couple of million dollars that people give over and above what they would normally give because they want to be a part of what God's doing in these regions and around the world. We have some exciting weeks. These are fundamental weeks to building a resilient faith. And, and so my prayer for you, and I hope during this whole time, you would really focus on not just what is God doing out there, but what's God doing in here? What's he doing in your heart? How could this missional kind of living be a part of your resilient faith as well. We're praying that our church is unleashed in new ways. We're praying that people come to Christ, that people are impacted for Christ, that lives are changed like never before. And I'm praying that you would be a part of it and really capture a vision for that throughout this whole series. In Mexico, we funded the next steps of a feeding center in Chiapas, where weekly hundreds of low-income families are fed. Venture helped secure a large church facility in Juarez, Mexico, and outfitted it with sound and computer equipment. Over 50 church leaders have been mentored through Zoom and multiple trips to Mexico. Thousands have been fed through COVID outreaches, with 350 coming to faith in Christ. This October, Venture in Español is holding a training event that will happen simultaneously in Mexico City, San Salvador, and on our campus. Today, we are delighted to have with us our partner, Pastor Israel Juarez, who leads Casa Triunfo Ministry, headquartered in Juarez, Mexico. He primarily ministers to teenage boys and men who are exiting organized criminal activity. In addition, he trains regional pastors and leaders, cares for abandoned children, and pastors a growing church. Please welcome Pastor Israel Juarez. Well, Venture, as I told you, this month we are focusing on some of the key regions where we see God working around the world and we have the privilege as a church of coming alongside and partnering. And I'm excited today. We've got uh, partners in town. They'll be here this weekend and wanted to give you an opportunity for those who are watching online to get to know Israel Juarez. He's here with his wife, Wendy, and they're the executive directors of Casa Triunfo in Juarez, Mexico. And over the last few years in particular, we have seen God move in such exciting ways through this ministry. And we really expect great things in the next months and years to come. And so that's why as a church, you need to know this guy. You need to know what God's doing there. In fact, Israel, thanks for being here. It's a, it's a privilege to have you. No, thank you, Pastor Tim. Well, we, we're excited. And uh, tell people a little bit, Casa Triunfo, and the different ministries there. Because it's not just one thing you're doing. I mean, there's just several things that, that God's opened the door to, and some of the things you'd like to see happen as well. Okay. Uh, my wife and me, we are pastors in Punto Encuento. It's okay. the name of our church. Uh, we started this church seven years ago, but I started serving in Casa Triunfo de Mexico 20, 
years ago. Mm -hmm. I started 20 years ago when I was uh, 19 years. So mm -hmm. I started serving full time for the ministry. Um, it was, uh, I saw many things in these 20 years. I, I saw like uh, more than 5,000 men just uh, receiving the gospel. Mm -hmm. We bring uh, many people to Jesus. We uh, preach to many uh, hundreds of or family. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, uh, for 20 years, we saw many miracles in, in a man's life uh, in this rehab center. But also, we start doing different things around the ministry. We do missions, we do uh, with the church, we are uh, giving food to the people in different uh, places. Is is we do many 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 things, but we're trying to do uh, uh, to do more in the, in the future. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing that impressed me. And and if you hear the stories about it, I mean, the the rehab center of uh, young men in particular that that were just struggling with addiction, and so they they through the rehab center be able to rescue guys, uh, many who would be uh, part of the cartel, mm -hmm. and have no future, and through this rehab center they come to Christ. They get clean, and they have freedom—freedom freedom for life and the future. Mm -hmm. But the way you guys built on it is, you know, not just the rehab center and now the church. The last several years, the way God's blessing the church there and people coming to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I know you, you really have a heart's desire to launch an orphanage as well. Yes, uh, we get a, a new place for uh, pasitos. It's, yeah, so we want to start the orphanage in the next months. We are starting working in the legal process, and. Um, in Casa Triunfo, you know, um, I saw like many uh, thousands of histories, uh, like uh, what God is doing in people's life. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, I saw men like uh, God healed his mind because he was uh, like uh, a little bit crazy because mm -hmm. of the drugs. But also salvation. Mm -hmm. I remember one guy, uh, he was like uh, 17, 18 years mm -hmm. old. He's a young man. Mm -hmm. And he asked me one night, Israel, uh, I pray for me, please, because I do many bad things in the past. I killed one guy. Mm -hmm. So uh, every night I, I saw the, uh, the face of the guy I killed him. And mm -hmm. please, please pray for me. So, uh, I take this guy to Jesus first, mm -hmm. and then I pray for this guy. And so now he, this man is uh, serving in a church. He have a beautiful family, mm -hmm. and all his family around him now they they are uh, good believers. So, mm -hmm. so we saw like uh, many miracles like this, and I think is is uh, this ministry is difficult. You know, the the rehab to have a rehab in Juarez. In Chihuahua, in the middle of the cartel, is very difficult, but uh, it's a little bit dangerous also. But God is with us, so we we saw uh, the hand of God for many years. Mm. I mean, when you say that, and and the more I've heard about it is, you know, it's making an impact in an area where the cartel has so much control um, in it. But it. it God's protected you guys. You're, you're seeing people rescued out of it. I mean, for those of us in the States here, we kind of hear cartel and we get scared quick. Mm -hmm. How have you handled that? I mean, you know, you're a dad and, and you've got a family and, and yet God's called you to this ministry. How do you release that to him? Uh, uh, 
you know, I don't know if you remember like some years ago when in Juarez, Juarez was the number, the, uh, the, the city, uh, the first city in the world, like uh, most people was killed, mm -hmm. killed in Juarez. Mm -hmm. So it was a very dangerous city. Um, and God, we saw like uh, God help us in every way and every day. And many, I remember in that uh, time, many friends, many pastors just called me, hey, Israel, just close your ministry because it's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. The cartel start killing people inside the, the, the places of the rehab centers. Mm -hmm. But uh, two years ago, we live, my wife and me, we live uh, most, one of the most uh, sad things in our ministry and most difficult things. Two of my guys who worked work with me for 15 years, mm -hmm. they was killed for, for, mm -hmm. from the cartel. Mm -hmm. So it was very, very difficult because I know like uh, many people around the world is, they give his life for Jesus. Mm -hmm. But uh, to, to see very close this thing and to, uh, to lose, to lose two of my soldiers in the ministry, it was very, very difficult. Mm. Uh, one night we received a call like, hey, these two guys there, we can don't, we don't find these guys. Mm. So we need to do something. We start calling to the police, to the hospitals, to everybody. Uh, nobody knows anything about this man. Next day in the morning, uh, I wake up very early. I went to the police station. Uh, they showed me some pictures, and I saw my man's my man's was killed. So it was very difficult, you know. But uh, uh, after that, we saw many salvation people. Mm -hmm. But it, it is sad. It is it is a real issue in our city. Like uh, we are fighting against the uh, the cartels, the the government against many things because many things are wrong mm -hmm. in our place. But even when we are living this uh, this uh, difficult in these difficult situations, God is saving a thousands of people. Mm -hmm. So we, it's, I think, is what uh, for us it works everything. Mm -hmm. That's powerful mm -hmm. um, and. You know, we uh, know that we pray for you and uh, pray for protection over you and protection for the ministry and for your people as well. I think one of the things uh, that was exciting to me and what I love about your ministry, because, you know, this, this whole month we're focusing on a church, how we can be outwardly focused and, uh, and how we can be living both missionally in our neighborhoods and in our areas, but also sending out and you, you've people in your ministry that have gone all the way from the cycle of maybe lost in addiction, they've mm -hmm. gone through training, now they're missionaries that have been sent out. Yeah, we send some, some people, some guys to different uh, Bible schools. Mm -hmm. We send maybe at least uh, 60 guys mm -hmm. from different Bible schools in Mexico and U.S. and other places. And also we send people and, uh, to serve in uh, England, Spain mm -hmm. and in other places. So uh, uh, Greece, uh, my brother is serving in Greece. So uh, it's it's nice to see people 
not just uh, rehabilit getting rehabilitation, mm -hmm. but also uh, getting a purpose in God. Yeah. It's a new life, it's a new opportunities. And, and we send people, so it's part of our ministry to do missions uh, in different places in Mexico, in the Tarahumara's place, in the south of Mexico. But then also we love to go in other places. We, we has been going to Middle East, to Africa, to different places. And I think uh, in the next year it's going to be better. We want to do greater, greater things yes. uh, for the kingdom because we want to to move people from our church. Mm -hmm. And this is part of our purpose in the ministry. You know, uh, there may be somebody who's watching this today and maybe you're struggling with addiction or you feel like your life is so hopeless. And I hope you're hearing in these stories, uh, Jesus changes lives. Uh, Israel and Wendy, they can tell you about people that maybe feel they felt as stuck as you do right now. And I, I just encourage you, don't give up. Uh, it's not just rehabilitation. It's about living out the purpose that Christ made you, and, and that's what your ministry is doing. It's, mm -hmm. it's rescuing, but it's also launching. And uh, we love that uh, God's using you in that way. And I remember one guy comes to my office, and he told me, uh, as the pastor, I have many programs in my life. I've been like in 20 different programs, but I, nothing works, works for me, so... What do you want to uh, convince me? Like your program is good. Uh, what I, th I say to this guy is, maybe you give the opportunity to different programs to, uh, to have a different life, but give the opportunity to Jesus to change your heart, to change your, your, your life. To, um, uh, so if you give the opportunity to Jesus, your life is going to change a lot. So Because I saw this thing, this miracle, this salvation, and many, many people. So I think God, our God is amazing. Mm. Well, I, I agree with you, and uh, I think he's doing some amazing things uh, through you, through Casa Triunfo. And uh, I'd encourage you, uh, you know, part of why we do these weeks every year, um, somebody who's watching this, God may have a, uh, a special passion and, and ministry for you in Mexico. Uh, maybe it's in Juarez and, and connecting with uh, Israel and Wendy. Maybe it's one of our other partners in it. But it's one of the key strategic areas where we see God moving. And I'd encourage you pray about it. If you want to know more, they've got a lot of stories. So they'd be glad to tell you about life after life. But more than those stories, maybe it's part of your story, that uh, God may want to use you as a partner of their ministry. So with all of these, with every story, with every person, make sure you go online. Make sure that you uh, find out more. You can find out about each of our regions, and specifically Mexico and Casa Triunfo and uh, what God's doing through Israel and Wendy. We're so glad you guys are here. We're glad that we get to, to host you, but even more partner with you. And uh, we look forward over each year and, and over the time just hearing the new stories and the new things God's doing through you. And know that we pray for you guys and uh, really do love you and love the ministry there. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Thank you, Ventura. And just pray for us. For, pray for this new step. We want to start with Pasitos. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, this place is huge, so we need many things. But I know like God is going to provide everything. 
Uh, we're going to impact like 100, 120 mm -hmm. kids uh, in this place. And also we are trying to start a school for, for them. So it is, uh, we have many things to do, many things to do and we need your prayers. Uh, I know like every month you're praying for us, so we need. Well, let's pray now. Okay. Lord, I thank you for Israel and Wendy. I thank you for uh, the way you've used Casa Triunfo over the last 20 years. Thank you for the church and uh, how you are using it as a training ground. Lord, I, I pray uh, they have so many dreams. They want to see you impact the region in, in new ways. And this orphanage through just the ministries that you uh, are just starting right now, I pray you'd bless them. I pray you'd protect them. We pray that you'd continue to uh, mobilize many whose lives are being changed there as they're being sent out as missionaries around the world. Lord, we thank you and pray this in Christ's name. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, thank you, Pastor. Yeah. This past year in the Middle East, a region faced with economic, political, and social challenges, one partner saw over 6,000 new believers with 2,400 people trained in some leadership skill or Bible study method. Thousands were impacted by venture-sponsored COVID and humanitarian relief in Lebanon, Egypt, and Jordan. Our partners working in media ministry report hundreds of thousands of online video and social media views with thousands of follow-up engagements, primarily from younger generations. Venture funded a complete studio for a broadcast partner and in September of this year, one of our partners held revival meetings with 200 Muslims coming to faith in Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from our missionary partner, Ferris Abraham. Ferris serves as the executive director of Levant Ministries, an organization targeting the 18 to 30-year-old demographic of Muslims in the Levant region of the Middle East. They believe that the best way to reach and engage this next generation for Christ is through social media. Throughout the year, Levant hosted conferences to equip and motivate Arab Christians to engage in ministry. Please welcome Ferris Abraham. Hello, Venture Christian Church. This is Ferris Abraham and welcome to Week 1 Venture Unleashed. I am so blessed and honored to be here this weekend with you as we learn more about what God is calling us to do here on earth. Every single one of us is on mission from God. Every one of us has received a calling from God. And today I would like to share with you seven keys about how to pursue a higher calling. God always wants us to pursue not just a calling. You know, God has called us out of darkness into the light, but He also wants us to pursue a higher calling, to go deeper with God. And I am so blessed and honored uh, on behalf of my family and our ministry in the Middle East. We would love to just to take a moment and express our deep gratitude for your steadfast support, for your generosity, for lifting us in prayers. Uh, throughout the years, we've been part, an amazing part of, of Venture uh, Mission, extending the love of Jesus to different parts of the Middle East. It's because of your generosity, because of your commitment to the Great Commission that, that, that this ministry is possible. So we're blessed and honored to be a part of this church as missionaries serving in the Middle East. As most of you know, I was born and raised in the little town of Bethlehem. 
and you can find that in the Gospel of Luke and Matthew. And uh, this is such an, a great honor for me. But interestingly enough, I did not know Christ until later when I moved to the United States to come to college here. I went to Liberty University, and this is when the Lord got a hold of my life during my junior year. When Pastor Rick Warren came to campus and they launched the Purpose Driven Conference, the launching the purpose-driven book, and they shut down campus for three days to teach from that book. And during that time, God just got a hold of my life. He spoke to my heart, uh, enlightened my mind, and I fully surrendered my life to Christ because I discovered that it's not about me. It's about this higher calling that I want to share with you about. After I graduated from, from Liberty, I moved to Washington, D.C., where the Lord opened a great opportunity for me to work in the federal government as a linguist, as a media analyst. I worked in several government agencies, and I was so successful at that time uh, in 2004, 2005. I was climbing up the ladder, uh, the corporate ladder, and God was opening so many opportunities for me to be successful in life. But during that time, I was very involved in my local church. I was involved in missions. I was involved in leading worship. I networked a lot. I met a lot of different people. I traveled the world, the world uh, preaching the gospel to so many different people. But in 2015, the Lord gave me even a higher purpose. And he, and he, he, taught, he, he showed me this, this great vision of, of me going back, turning, turning away from all these worldly success and giving my life completely to ministry, fully surrendered to his will. And he said, Ferris, enough working for Caesar. You gotta work for me now full time. So I, during that time, I met the beautiful team here at Venture, Pastor Daniel and Tony and all the Middle East uh, team. And they got fully behind the vision that God has given us in 2015. And the Lord started to work amazing, amazing work in the Middle East. Now, by God's grace, we have strong teams in Cairo. We have strong team in Amman, Jordan, and we have also an emerging team in the West Bank, in the Holy Land. And by God's grace also, our media ministry, which is an important, uh, strong ministry, uh, that we, through this ministry, we reach millions and millions of viewers. We interact with so many people from different backgrounds, from different faith, coming to faith in Jesus Christ and fully giving their lives to Christ and starting a, a discipleship journey. It's been a great honor to see hundreds and thousands of people coming to faith through our ministry. But all of this happened when we come together as a family of God, as partners, Levant Ministries, partners with, with prayer warriors, adventures, with generous givers, with a whole church committed for decades, not just to the Middle East, but to different parts of the world. Venture has been in the front lines of mission works for decades. And what a great legacy and what a great honor for us to come together and join in one hand. We are on one team extending the gospel to the darkest places in our world. You know, every time I looked at the Middle East, I had a choice to make. Whether to look at the chaos, the darkness, and curse it or walk away from it, but with a choice that we have to make, and we had to make it, is to intentionally plant a lighthouse in the midst of that darkness. This is the calling, this is the higher calling of the church, 
everywhere. The universal calling. Jesus equipped us, empowered us. He gave us the great commission in Matthew 28, not just to stay in Jerusalem where we are, not just to stay in Los Gatos or in the Bay Area, but to go to Judea, to Samaria, and finally to the ends of the earth. And what a great honor that we get to co-labor with God in this amazing, beautiful, outstanding, great commission. What an honor to join God in what He's doing all around the world. So I just want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for all your sacrifice, sacrificial giving, your prayers, your commitment to the Middle East. Without your love and support, the message of the gospel is not going to go to far places as it does in this time today. I would like to share with you about what we're doing, but before I do that, I would like to read a beautiful story that changed my life, the way God got a hold, Jesus got a hold of Peter's life and James and John when they were fishing, they were working, they were good at what they're doing, but Jesus got a hold of their life, He got into their boat, and He gave them a higher purpose. The story is found in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Seven keys to pursue a higher calling. One day, it says, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, or what we know, also know it as the Sea of Galilee, or in Hebrew, Kinneret, or the other name is the Lake of Tiberias. Uh, you know, that lake is very special to me because I grew up about three hours away, and during summer we would go to the Sea of Galilee, we would fish there, we would swim there. I didn't walk on water yet there, but one day hopefully Jesus will give me that power to do that. But that lake is just so beautiful. The topography where Jesus fed the multitudes, He performed so many miracles around that lake. It's great things that happened around that lake. And it was a great blessing for me to grow up in that part of the world. And I highly encourage you, if you've never been to the Holy Land, you got to go. It's a very, very special place and very dear to God's heart. So on that day, Jesus was standing at the lake and the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two, the water's edge, two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. They were done. They were washing their nets. They were calling it today. They were just kind of closing the shop. That's it. We're done doing business today. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and of course Simon is the great who turned to be the great disciple, Peter, and later the great apostle who reached thousands and millions of people for Christ. So he got into one of the boats that belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, to Peter, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and have not caught a thing. But because you say so, out of respect for you, Jesus, out of love for you, Jesus, I know that you're a great rabbi, you're the master, as he declared here, I will let down the nets. I will go back into the water one more time. Verse 6 says, when they had done so, when they, had, when they listened to Jesus, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full 
that they began to sing. Both boats began to sing. And I see a beautiful analogy here. You know, Levant ministry serving in the Middle East, signaling to Venture Christian Church in the Bay Area, come and help us. There is a great deal of fish around here. God wants to redeem the entire region of the Middle East. There's so many people to be saved. There's so many people to be disciples. And we are called to be that light, to be that instrument, to be that tool, to be the salt of the earth, to win so many people for Christ. Come and help us. And according to God's word, when we obey him, partners will come together and God will bring a lot of fish and both boats will begin to sink. We need a bigger boat. In verse 8, when it says this, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I couldn't have believed that. I should have believed it, but I, but I just couldn't see it coming. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. Verse 10, And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. That's a higher calling. You were doing such an amazing work, catching fish and keeping your family, uh, feeding your family, providing for your family, making a great success as a businessman, providing food for other people. That's a great purpose and I want you to keep doing that. Some God, and, and God is calling some people to, to keep fishing for and keep growing their business so they can bless the ministry. But Peter, I even have a higher calling for you. I don't want you. He didn't tell him, leave the boat. I don't want you to do this business. But he said, from now on, you can do both. You get to do both. You get to fish and provide for your family and for your community and bless your people and bless your country and bless the world by the work you're doing. But also, don't forget this higher calling. You are called Simon Peter to fish for people. I will make you a fisher of men, a fisher of men. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, but interestingly, they left everything and followed him because they understood one principle, that Jesus is the one who provides. Jesus is the one who blesses. Jesus is the only source of provision. He is their hope. He is their heart, who, whose hearts they desire. This is the one that, the only one that's going to turn things around for us. So as, you, as, as I shared with you, God has given us this vision to reach the Middle East. But I always ask myself, is it possible? What's the vision? And God has given us an audacious vision because we believe in a big God. Big visions require a big God to intervene because the work, Peter didn't have any anything special about him that day that made him catch a fish. He had the skills, he knew how to fish, but it was Jesus that brought all this fish together. So God has given us this audacious vision to see a transformed Middle East by the love and hope of Jesus Christ. We are praying for the salvation of every single soul in the Middle East. We are praying for a spiritual breakthrough that God Himself will transform that region by His love, by His grace, by His mercy. And we want to see a transformed land, spiritual landscape by the love 
and hope of Jesus Christ. Let me give you some stats about the Middle East. You know the Middle East? Why choose the Middle East? Why God is so interested in the Middle East? God is all about the Middle East. In matter of fact, the gospel was born in the Middle East and it went out from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. You know, the Middle East has about 22 Arab countries belonging to the Arab League. Um, these countries are about 300 to 350 population. Let me put things in perspective a little, a little, a little more in details. For example, a country like Egypt, the largest Arabic-speaking country in the Middle East, has about 100 million people living in Egypt. Out of those 100 million people, 50% of the population is under the age of 25. When I look at the stats like this, all what I see is a great potential. I don't see the darkness, the political instability, the turmoil, the, 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 the terrorism, the, the hardships, the economic disparities. I see the next generation of Christians rising up from the Middle East go into the ends of the, the, the world like it used to be back in the first century. The Middle East church will be one day ascending church. The Middle East church is going to rise up to the challenge and share the gospel across the globe. And one day God is going to touch every heart, even the hardest of heart. God has the grace. God has the power and the supernatural power to transform that Middle East by His love and by His grace. So, how do we do it? How do we serve in the Middle East? Well, our mission is very, very, very simple. We share the gospel, we make disciples, and we raise leaders. This is what we are called to do. The calling has never changed since the disciples started their ministries the day of the Pentecost. Jesus empowered them to be witnesses for Him, and Jesus gave them the great commission. He said, all authorities have been given to me. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples. So we share the gospel, we make disciples, and we raise leaders. But to zero in, to zoom in into our specific strategies, and I can, as you can see here on the screen, I'm going to share with you seven strategic ministry initiatives that we focused on that will help us get to that audacious vision that God has given us. Number one, we leverage media to share the gospel boldly and unashamedly with every single Arabic speaker all around the Middle East. Our teams are just super productive, are just super talented. We produce highly high quality content by native speakers in local dialects, in regional dialects, in Egyptian, in Jordanian, in Palestinian, in different dialects, so we can attract so many different viewers. And then we follow up with them through our dis amazing discipleship, robust discipleship process. One of, we receive hundreds of requests every single month. We initiate so many private chats with so many people every single day, praying with them, walking through their challenges, counseling them, leading them into salvation prayers. And I would like to take a moment and show you a video about a story from Iraq by a guy, young guy named Muhammad and how God transformed his life by the media that we produce. Watch this video. My journey of converting from Islam to Christianity first began back in 2009. 
It started with questions I couldn't ignore, and my doubts kept growing inside of me. I tried reading through the Quran. I sought answers from religious men. I even took my doubts and questions to the Sheikh in my community. No matter where I turned, I couldn't find answers to my questions. The more I searched, the less I was convinced. And I quickly became disillusioned with Islam. Since I wasn't receiving any answers from the Quran, I decided to try reading the Bible. At first, some of the language of the Bible was confusing to me, but my doubts about Islam grew larger and larger the more I continued reading. I can clearly remember reading John 8, 7, when Jesus says, He who is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. Reading that passage, I began to believe for the very first time that Jesus Christ actually loved me and forgave me. I immediately began praying to the God of the Bible to show me the right way to go. I wanted to take the next step. My wife and I decided to travel away from our hometown to search for a Christian church. By the time we arrived at a church, the service was already full, and the church asked us to return a different day. But we were so far from home and we couldn't continue traveling. We had spent so much money trying to get there already. We knew this wasn't a sustainable plan long term. That's when we began looking for help online and came across NextGen Arabic. NextGen Arabic was an answer to our prayers. I couldn't believe there was a ministry that allowed us to learn more about the Bible and about Christianity. We now use the site to attend sermons, to listen to worship, and to participate in discipleship studies. Now we proudly declare that we are followers of Jesus Christ, and we are so grateful for this ministry and for the support it has given us as Christians living in Iraq. that great to see Muhammad transformed by the love and hope of Jesus next in our ministry strategy we do ministry right on the ground evangelism not just on the airways not just on social media campaigns and on satellite TV stations but we also do reach people and we reach young people on campus we believe so much in in reaching campus students because if we reach the campus we reached the world. This is the early days where God transformed my life on campus. And we believe that these early days where when young people start to formulate worldviews, belief systems, and start conforming, and start shape, God starts shaping their lives in these. And we believe there is a mandate for us to reach those young people on campus through events, through missions, through outreach, community outreach, and so many different activities that we do all around the Middle East to reach young people for Christ. Number three, number three strategy, as you see here on the, on the strategy wheel, is the people that, we, that come to faith in Jesus through our media and people who come to faith in Jesus through our outreach and events mission, we try our best to put them on a discipleship track, discipleship process, by engaging them, by establishing biblical foundations, by equipping them, by empowering them. It's a beautiful, robust system and process that people who are willing to take that path with us, we are ready for it. We are ready to make disciples. Disciples make disciples. And this is the, this is the beauty about the system and the process that we follow. 
Next, out of these disciples, we identify leaders that we want to invest in. So the next process in our, our ministry strategy is to raise and equip and train young leaders so they can go back to their communities and spheres of influence and start making disciples. And the fifth strategy that we use in the Middle East, which is the Next Gen Conference, and many of you are familiar with with this, Pastor Daniel Downey actually, and uh, the Middle East team and Tony, they were with us back prior to the pandemic when we hosted the Next Gen Conference in Minya, Egypt, where over 25 to 3,000 people attended that conference. And basically what that conference does is just mobilize a lot of people, get everybody excited about evangelism, about student ministry, about small groups, about discipleship. And it just a great mobilization source that we use in different in fact next week we will have a great mobilization conference in amman jordan so if you can put that in your prayer that'll be great last year during the pandemic we weren't able to gather as you know every everywhere we were shut down and we transferred uh, this from an on-ground ministry to the to an online platform that we created and we broadcast this amazing next-gen conference on social media and we had 5,000 people registered for this amazing conference and I just want to show you one story highlighting a life changed by the content that we create. So let's watch Amani's story and then we'll get back to the ministry strategies. If you had told me a few months ago that I was created with a purpose and that my life had meaning, I never would have believed you. As a frightened 18-year-old girl, I was forced into an arranged marriage with a man who was physically abusive. By 19, I was a mother, living in constant fear for my daughter's life. Not long after, my husband decided to kick us out of our home. My daughter and I were completely abandoned, without any support or income. I began working in childcare to provide for us. Then, the coronavirus pandemic hit, and I lost my job, and our only source of income. Desperate, and in what I thought was a hopeless situation, I turned to a text message I received as a last resort. I decided to give the advertisement for Next Gen Conference Online a chance. God changed my life. The moment I heard the message of hope from Pastor Ferris, as he thought that my best days were still to come, something miraculous happened. God restored my faith and began healing my heart. In that moment, I decided to begin a new life for myself and for my daughter. I prayed with someone from NextGen for God's power to transform my life and I made a commitment to Jesus Christ and to joining a NextGen discipleship group. I can never thank God enough for His unfailing love and I will always be grateful to NextGen for giving me a new beginning with Jesus Christ. What a great blessing to see another life changed by Jesus Christ in that part of the world. 
Next uh, strategy in our wheel here is the partnerships, strategic partners, where we extend our help to help other strategic partners on the ground get on their feet, such as special need, special need kids ministry and other important ministries that will open so many doors for us in the Middle East for us to advance the gospel and the kingdom of God forward. The last spoke in our strategy here is the Next Gen Center. We are dreaming and we are hoping for us to plant a center in every single capital in the Middle East by the year 2025. We believe that the Next Gen Center is so vital to our strategy that we'll be able to host all of these activities in one place. It will be similar to a kind of a functional church, if you will, ascending place that will gather people, equip them, disciple them, and then send them out to change their communities. Um, I would like to share with you seven keys, as I promised earlier in my introduction, about how to pursue a higher calling. I shared with you about how I pursued a higher calling and how God keeps also working in my life to pursue even a higher calling. Seven keys to pursue a higher calling found in the lake of Gennesaret. Number one, from this beautiful story of Peter in the lake of fishing. Number one, we are merely human. We have to be reminded always that we are exposed to failure. No matter how experienced Peter was in the lake, he knew where to fish, he knew where to fish, he knew how to fish, he knew everything. He was so experienced in fishing. But that day, he failed to catch a thing. In fact, he worked hard all night and he did not catch a thing. And perhaps you are right now experiencing this season in your life where you're trying to work hard where you're trying to pursue god more and do bigger things in your ministry and expand the work that god has put in your heart and the dream that god has placed in your heart but it seems that you are hitting a brick wall you're not going anywhere but i'm here to tell you that don't beat yourself too hard as peter was so experienced in the, in the sea he also failed that day and simply because we are just human. We are merely human. He was just a man. He was not a superman. But number two, key number two in this beautiful story, we have to remind ourselves that we serve an extraordinary God, a supernatural God, that when we allow God into the boat of our life, when we allow Him, to come into the boat of our finances, our marriages, our families, our work. He will do, according to His promise, supernatural work, and He will gather the fish from all around the lake. And this is the supernatural, extraordinary miracle that Jesus performed from Peter's boat. Jesus get into the boat, and I can imagine that Jesus calling the fish giving a big shout out to all the fish in the lake, commanding them to come and assemble and gather underneath Peter's boat. Always remember that it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about my tools and my resources and my strategy and my talents. None of these will attract the fish to my boat. Only Jesus does. His voice, and I can only imagine when this fish, when these fish, heard the voice of their Creator, when they heard the voice of Jesus, they came running to their salvation. And this is what you and I are called to do. We are just channels 
to channel God's blessings into other people's lives. We're this voice in the wilderness. God, we're not the Holy Spirit. We're not God. We're not the ones who change people. So I wish that I can open everybody's hearts up and everybody's minds up and put Jesus in there. But I don't have that supernatural power. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the work of Jesus. He will call the fish from out of nowhere to command them to come underneath your boat. Remember that. Number three, take a leap of faith. Just like Peter did. You worked hard all night, but Jesus coming and giving you another chance. Take a leap of faith. Jesus instructed Peter to go into the deep water. The deep water is full of fear, full of anxieties, full of the unknowns, stuff that you're not familiar with. Maybe your comfort zone, God is calling you to step out of. Take a leap of faith and do like Peter did and go into the deep water. I don't know where your deep water is, but I know where mine is. It's in the Middle East. And to so many people, this deep water in the Middle East seems so scary, seems so uh, fearful. There's so many uncertainties. How could you live? How could you survive? How could you handle all the harassment and the persecutions? And in some cases, death and threats. God is calling us not to the comfort zone, but God is calling us to go into the deep water. Take a leap of faith. Number, number four, never, ever, ever, ever give up. Never give up. We have worked all night and have not caught a thing. Let me ask you a question. What has the Lord put in your heart lately? What have you given up on lately? You know, I heard the saying that the wealthiest places on earth, the richest places on earth, are not the oil fields in the Middle East. They're not the diamond and gold mines in Africa, but they are the cemeteries and they are the graveyards. Because in these cemeteries, in these graveyards, are buried so many dreams and ideas and passions and dreams and visions that God has given us during our life here on earth. But we have decided not to wake up from this dream and make it a reality. And we have taken those dreams down to the grave. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go down to the, to the grave. I don't want to go down six feet under without fulfilling and pursuing this higher calling that God has given us. So never, ever, ever give up. Number five, the key, key to pursue a higher calling, we have to widen our nets. Widen your nets. The Bible says in Luke chapter 5 that their nets began to break. Many people pray for God's blessings, but they fall short how to handle it. So many times we pray, God, bring me more fish, bring me an extra, you know, a new opportunity. Give me new field in the ministry. I need to, to, to be used by you in a great way. But so many times when the fish start coming, our nets cannot handle all this expansion. Our boats begin to sink because we cannot handle the overweight. Perhaps take, we need to take a moment and expand the nets. Maybe strengthen the net, build up a bigger boat, build up a capacity. Maybe there's something in the inside that we need to work on, an issue that we're struggling with. Our net has to be strong enough. If, if you want God to trust you with the little, with the big, with the extraordinary, you got to have a solid net. you got to have a solid boat. And what a beautiful 
picture it is for us to be like Jesus and to shape our character and conform to his image and his likeness. Widen your net. Number, number six, ask your friend for help. And as I alluded to this point earlier in my, in my message, it takes a team to achieve the dream. It takes Levant Ministries partnering with Venture to reach the Middle East. It takes Venture Christian Church with so many different partners and organizations and churches all around the world to fulfill the Great Commission. And this is exactly what Peter did. He signaled to their partners on the other boat to come and help. You know, perhaps, you know, some people, they like to take monopoly in, in ministry and they like to do things by themselves. And I always say, hey, well, well, we've been hurt by the other boat. We've been disappointed by the other boat. At least from my perspective, this boat is in the lake fishing better than a boat parked at the marina only complaining and pointing fingers. So it's better to have the merrier, the better. We need more people. We need more workers. The harvest is plentiful. Let's pray for the Lord of the harvest to send workers. We are all on the same team. We are all wearing the same jersey with one mission and one purpose in heart to reach the lost for Christ and to disciple people to become faithful followers of him. Number seven, and I close with this, always give God all the glory. Always give him all the glory. When Peter experienced a great success after a failure, he knelt down at Jesus' feet and he said, Lord, I don't deserve for you to be in my boat. I, don't des I thought I had it going. I thought I am good at this, but I failed. And I even failed to believe you. I even doubted you. I didn't want to even go into the deep water. Depart from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And isn't this the greatest message? And isn't this the greatest thing that we can do as believers and followers of Jesus Christ? When God gives us great success, when He blesses you, blesses your business, blesses your home, blesses your ministry, we got to take a step back and say, it's not about me. It's not about my tools and resources and talents and strategy and financial resources and all of that. It's all about Jesus stepping into my boat and showing me where to fish, instructing me all the way through it, and bringing me back to shore, bringing me back home with a great deal of fish. Friends, if you are seeking a higher purpose in your life, let's start by giving God all the glory. And always remember that your best days are still ahead. God still wants to use you in a great and mighty ways in the days to come. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you in your journey of faith. To keep up with the latest messages and what's happening, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit venture.cc.